So open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to start at verse 1. So now these are these are some scriptures explaining um, explaining the gospel essentially. Okay, and then we're going to go into it further and deeper. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I have preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is, this is the key, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. Um, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me as to one abnormally born. And so Paul, you know, you know what I love about this passage? Is that Paul, twice he, he says, according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures. And I have a feeling, and I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we, we can see that from, from different uh, um different books of the Bible that you read, that there was probably a lot of people that are like, oh, who's this Paul guy? You know, he's a false teacher. What does he know? He was accused of that all the time. And you hear that stuff a lot today. You know, this person, you know, their doctrine, this. And so Paul wanted to be very sure that he was always pointing everything to the scriptures, according to the scripture. You can't go wrong if you're sticking to the scripture. Because if somebody's going to tell you, well, that's not right. And you're basically, well, but that's what the scripture says. And so a lot of times people end up falling victim to over-interpreting stuff instead of just letting the Bible interpret itself and, and understanding what the scripture says according to the scripture. And, and a lot of times when you see, um, when we talk about denominations, because I'm going to get into something kind of on that vein tonight. When we get into denominations, what you end up having is this over-interpretation of scripture where people decide, no, actually or mis misinterpretation, that's good Good point, stuff. That's exactly what it is. Um, that that they, they create, that's where denominations come from. You know, different, uh, this is what I think this means, or I hold this viewpoint, and it's actually contrary to scripture. And so, you know, denominations are not something that God created. It's something that man created. So, you know, we're Christians, we're Christians. You know, and a lot of people will be like, well, I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm this, and I'm that. I just want to make sure that I'm believing what the Bible says. You know, that, that's what I, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. And it's, it's very important. Because you can easily get, because people are very convincing. You know, you could, you could um, look to leaders of a lot of different denominations, and they're, they're sure that they're right. And they build a great case for themselves. And, and you could easily be led astray. So that's why in this first scripture, I love how Paul, he, twice he's like, according to the scripture. Christ died according to the scripture. He was buried and raised on the third day according to the scripture. So you can't argue that point because that's clear. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. I am not ashamed. Oh, that's very true, Lynn. I like that. I want to read your comment. Otherwise, we get lost in people's opinions. It's true. Um, and you could get raised a certain way in a certain kind of church and think that that's the right way of, of doing it because rather than study the Bible for yourself, you're just kind of 
going with what you hear at church. And that's why I think, you know, even Pastor Steve, he did say this. He said, you know, um, uh, um, I forget how we put it exactly, but search the scriptures to make sure that he's saying the right thing. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't take him for his opinion. Make, you know, study the scripture, go by by what the Bible says. Um, So you weigh everything against scripture. Verse six, uh, Romans 1 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes first for the Jew, then to the Gentile for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Exactly. Mel, you know, the truth and then what ends up happening is you don't even know what the truth is um and now in this passage paul's saying i'm not ashamed of the gospel it is the power of god for salvation so now what was the first thing we saw well we saw that it was uh, christ died for our sins and was raised and it's important because if you <laughs> um <laughs> if you don't believe that christ was raised from the dead then you you've lost then that you've lost it right and that's a lot of times the way that people will try to discredit christianity when they're like well you know christ didn't really rise um and i know there's other religions who they believe in jesus they they even believe that he did miracles what they stop at is saying that he rose from the dead because if you acknowledge that Jesus rose from the dead, then you're acknowledging that every single word in this book is true. And so that's why other religions, they, they could acknowledge Jesus, he was a good man. They could, they could even say he was the son of God, but they don't want to say that he rose from the dead. And so that's like kind of a, a basis of it, right? And then in this passage, he's talking about the power of God for salvation. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. In Islam, they also acknowledge Jesus was the only man who never sinned. Yeah, um, and that's that's one of the religions I was referring to because they don't think that Jesus rose from the dead. Because if, if he did, then they'd have to, you know, anyways, they, they'd have to obviously change a lot of what they believe. Let's read another one. Romans chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from god's wrath through him for if when we were god's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more having been having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So in this portion of scripture, it's talking about how we're justified by the blood of Christ. And I'm going to get into justification a little bit later because it's important to understand these terms. Um, now, again, I, I the reason why I'm talking about this is because a lot of times you'll have people who are like, you know, just preach about Jesus, you know, but you, you, anyways, you have to understand the fullness of what that means. Okay. Now here it's talking about being justified by the blood of Jesus. So the blood of Jesus is something extremely important and talking about how we're saved through God's wrath and how we're now reconciled to God. 
So there was a separating between man and God. And Jesus, what he did was he bridged that, um, he like bridged that gap, right? And so what happened was, is that when that veil was torn in two, that represented that barrier that existed between us and God being, being torn, being done away with. And now we, have, we can have access to the Father through Christ. And so all these things are very important because the gospel encompasses, it's an, all, it's an all-encompassing gift for those who believe. And the worst thing that you could do is sell short the gospel and sell short the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. You know, it's very, it's very, I know a lot of denominations who, you know, they, 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 they put aside everything else and just like, yeah, Jesus, uh, uh, he saves our sins and there's forgiveness and that's it. And they stop there. And so what, what they're actually doing is, is they're, 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 they're taking away from what Christ did on the cross. They're taking away from, from the power of his blood, which is very clear according to the scripture, right? Remember what Paul said. I, yeah, exactly. Lynn, I love that. He bridged the great divide. What did Paul say? According to the scripture. That's why I'm reading a lot of scripture tonight. Because, you, you know, it's, it's extremely important to be aware of how scripture talks about this. All right. Now, now we have to talk about, okay, so we've established, the, obviously through the writings of Paul, about the gospel. Okay. How did Jesus demonstrate it? Because this is, this is through Christ, right? He's the one that brought salvation. God sent him to bring salvation, right? Um, we were saved from God's wrath. God demonstrates his own love while we were, his love for us, while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, we're not anymore, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, Melina, good to see you. So let's go to Matthew chapter four, because we're going to talk now about how Jesus demonstrated this work um, through his life. Matthew 4, uh, where was it? Yeah, Matthew 4, 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news. The good news. A lot of times um, people say the gospel is the good news of Christ, right? So Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom healed every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. So what did Jesus do? He taught, he preached, and he healed the sick. It, it was an all-encompassing thing that he did. And he, he empowered his disciples to do the same thing. And so this, this is the first example that you see of how D Jesus demonstrated in, in, in his life the good news of the kingdom. Let's go to another one. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, what I just said, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So what Jesus is basically saying here is there is a lot of people who are in need. They need to hear the good news of the kingdom, right? Because that's what he did. He taught, he preached, and he healed. It was like a three, three thing, three pronged thing that he did. Um, and then he let them know. And then right after that, it says Jesus sends out the 12. So that's when he started to now give this commission to other people to do. And so, um, you know, the harvest is plentiful. So there's a ton of people out there who need to hear about the good news of Christ. It's not something that we can keep to ourselves. In fact, you know, if, if anyone ever says to you, no, it's, uh, it's water, only water. That's a good scripture my dad read. As far as the east is from the, the west, he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103.12. It's a great scripture. Um, you know, sometimes there, there's some denominations who, who just believe, well, um, you know, who, God already knows who's going to be saved. And so it doesn't matter what we do or don't do. Well, then I'm not sure what they, what, what they have, what, what they do with this scripture. If Jesus is basically saying, ask the Lord to send workers, is he saying, you know what, don't bother because God already knows who's going to be saved. So it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't have to do anything. No, he basically, this is the, 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 the first time he gives out a commission and says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So, so we need more people to send out into the harvest field. And to let people know about the good news of the kingdom. To preach, to teach, and to heal. One more. Matthew 24, verse 9. Then you will be... This is <laughs> this one's a little bit more like, you know. But it's still... It's Bible. You got to know what it is. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will uh, turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will go grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Again, I don't know where people get that idea that it doesn't matter. Um, you know, who cares? God already knows who's going to be saved. What difference does it make? I don't understand how anyone could hold that position. And again, it's not about, I'm not, you know, this isn't calling out a particular denomination or saying they're bad people, they're wrong. No, I'm sure there's a lot of good people. But the solution to, to, to misunderstanding is teaching the word. And, and, and Jesus is extremely clear. And I'm pretty sure that he's, he's a pretty good authority on the scripture. Wouldn't you agree? And so if he says to do something, I'm going to do it. And so basically what it's telling us here is that as a result of our faith, that we're going to be hated and we're going to be persecuted. That, that's a guarantee. We might have to go to court. Which is, you know what? Take it as a, a great, take it as a... Um, it means that you're doing something really right if you get dragged into court because of your faith in, in Jesus. Because we were told that, that that's something that's going to happen. That's something that could happen.
And it's talking about how um, wickedness will increase. I think that's pretty, <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. Um, that wickedness is increasing. Uh, you know, and I always, I talk about this all the time, how things have changed so much. You know, since I was a kid, I was born in the early 80s, very early 80s. <laughs> um, and things were just so different. The stuff that was allowed on TV, um, the stuff that you were allowed to say, uh, music. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't have offensive music and uh, lyrics and music. And, you know, a lot of uh, this, like I said, the standard has just dropped. But that's not a surprise because Jesus told us that, that there will be an increase of wickedness. But despite that, the gospel will be preached in the whole world. Nothing is going to stop the gospel from being preached. <laughs> of course, Loretta. Of course. And even if I do, I'll sing my way out of it, just like Paul did. Um, the gospel, nothing's going to stop us. You think, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't know what that is, Steph. <laughs> Come on, you know you have to explain a lot of those things to me. Um, <laughs> the devil, <laughs> boy, <laughs> the devil is, 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 He's not that bright, but, but he, he's, the tricks that he has up his sleeve, a lot of people fall for them. How easy it was to restrict the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But last I checked, Jesus himself said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so there's no kind of restrictions or anything that would ever restrict the gospel from going out. Because Jesus said, yes, this is going to be bad times. You're going to be persecuted. There's going to be wickedness. But the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. That's a guarantee. The gospel doesn't stop because there's a plague or something. I mean, come on. Anybody who, who says that, they don't understand. And again, I'm not calling people out. But I'm explaining things from the word that that's how you understand that the solution to misunderstanding is understanding from the word proper teaching. Now I'm going to read something. No, oh, I missed it. Steph. I was another good scripture from, from my dad. Oh, it, things are going too quick. He says, Micah seven nineteen. you will tread our sins underfoot. And hurl our, all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. You know, you have to picture, you know, that scripture, it, it paints the picture of it. Because I once heard, I once heard it described this way. Um, that it's like our sin, it's like, let's say you go out into a boat in the middle of the ocean. And you hand God a cup of sand. And you're like, these are my sins. And God takes the cup of sand and throws it overboard. Those <laughs> good luck finding those sins back. They are gone, never to be heard from again. And that's how you have to look at that gift. And I'm going to talk about six different things about the gospel. Okay. And, and, and one of the things I'll get ahead of myself. One of the things is the forgiveness of our sins. Um, and so, um, they are forgotten, thrown into the depths of the sea. And you can't find them again. Good luck going to say, oh man, where's my sin? I don't know. I, I know God threw it out. Um, but, but maybe this grain of sand might be it. Not a chance. 
Not a chance. They're forgotten. So first, what I want to do before I get to the six points, I want to talk to you about um, something called full gospel, because I'm sure that you've heard, um, you've heard that said, you know, like, oh, I go to a full gospel church, right? And you're probably thinking, what's that? Well, very simply, it's the fullness of the gospel. And it basically has five different tenets um, in discussing what full gospel means. The first one is justification by faith in Christ. So what justification is, it's the declaring of a person to be righteous. Now, because honor, now remember, according to, to, to the law, no, no one ever could be made righteous by the law because we always fall short of the law. We're constantly having to make sacrifices for breaking the law. But the justification by faith after what Christ did on the cross now makes us righteous according to that faith. So, so that justification is a very important, and we, I read it in one of the scriptures in talking about righteousness through justification. Number two, sanctification as a work of grace. And what sanctification is, it's the purifying of our hearts and minds. And so essentially, remember, um, if you were watching last week, which I know most of you were, and, and I read those scriptures about how the heart of a man is evil at its core, right? And so there's a purification that needs to take place um, when we, we, we when, 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 uh, bleh, sorry, I will speak, when we're saved, a process of purifying our hearts and our minds, because our hearts are, are, are wicked at its core. And then our, our, we need to be by the renewing of our minds. That's what the scripture says. And so that's the sanctification. And it comes through grace. Because grace is actually an empowerment to do right. To live righteously. The grace of God through the sacrifice of Jesus causes a sanctification. It's, it's the power of God that talked about in that scripture I read earlier. The power of God unto salvation. There's a power there. Right? Number three, healing of the body through the atonement of Christ. The atonement means a reconciliation between man and God, a sacrifice for sin. So basically what it's saying is that because of, of this reconciliation that I mentioned before between man and God through Christ, that now we can have the healing, our, our bodies being healed. Okay? Number four. I'm going to get to that more further. That's why I'm kind of going quick through these points to get to, 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 get to the, the main part of, of my message. Number four, the pre-millennial return of Christ, which is basically the belief that Christ is coming to take the church or the rapture. Number five, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And if you're at church yesterday, you saw what that was. That was a powerful... Whew, it was a powerful service yesterday. I saw, I was, um, I always say I have the best scene in the house on Sundays because I, I, I sit on stage at the drums and I'm able to see everything. And I saw people being touched by the power of God. Not even, not only the ones, I mean, the ones that came to the altar were touched, right? But I even saw people in their seats that were weeping, that were being touched by the power of God. That, that is a tangible power. You can't fake that. You can't pretend that. That, that. That's the power of God. And there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's an evidence of speaking in tongues. Now again, not every denomination will believe that. But I'm telling you, um, this is the full gospel. This is the definition of the full gospel. So if you, if you um, 
live somewhere else and you obviously if you live here you're, you you would come to our church but if you live somewhere else and you see a church that says full gospel if they actually hold to this then it'll be a good church yeah loretta says she felt it watching online i mean of course it, it went right through the screen now i have six points six points um in discussing about the gospel the good news of the kingdom I'm doing good on time, so I'm going to be able to get through it all. Number one, number one, the salvation of our souls. First Peter chapter one, verse eight and nine. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith which is the salvation of your souls. So number one, what's the gospel? Number one, the salvation of our souls. And, and basically, you know, think about this. When, when Jesus was ministering to the Jews, they actually saw him. But when you're talking about what Peter's writing here, Jesus had already gone back to heaven. And so that's why he says, though you haven't seen him, you love him. Though you haven't seen him, you believe in him. So there's a faith that it, it, it's it's difficult sometimes. Um, well, it's not hard for me, but I, I could say maybe in the natural you can understand why it's hard to, to believe in someone you've never seen. But Peter's basically saying here, though you haven't seen him, you love him and you believe in him. And you're now filled with an inexpressible joy. And to obtain the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. You know, that is, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why every week uh, um, we, we, we give a call to people who have never been saved before. Because we're talking about people's souls here. Everybody is a soul. You know, people live in a body, but, but there's a soul that lives in, in that body. And so I'm always very careful, you know, especially, especially this time of year. I'm very careful and very selective on the things that I say, because you have to remember that while there may be lifestyles that you don't agree with, there are souls that are lost. And so I understand, um, you know, we, we, we're, we stand on what the Bible says. We, we, we're, we're, uh, we're Bible people. We believe what it says. We, we acknowledge sin. What, what is sin is sin, but sometimes you can get you could forget that there are souls there. There are people that are lost. They, they have, they're lost and they're dying and they have no idea. You know, yesterday I was driving to my parents' house um, and I, I, was, I, I, I was trying to avoid traffic. So I took a different way that I've never taken before. And we were driving um, and, and we ended up, we were at a stoplight and there was like a bunch of like old, tents and stuff that were set up so obviously there was people that are living there who, who are homeless and there was a guy in the middle of traffic and he had an electric guitar and he was just like i don't know i guess he i guess he, if, if you um yeah that's a great song my dad always has good comments <laughs> it's because he's my dad um and he's in the middle of traffic playing a guitar so i guess um if he sings a song for you, you'll give him a little bit of money. And, you know, the light turned green and so we had to go. But I, you know, I kind of looked back and I'm like, you know, that, that man, that's a soul. 
you know, you could look at it and say, oh, this, you know, these guys, these homeless guys, but, but that's a, there's a soul there. There's a soul that, that needs Christ that doesn't even know. And so primarily we have to understand there need, there's a salvation of our souls so that when we're no longer in this body, that our souls exist forever, uh, um, with God in heaven. And so just keep that in mind. I know, again, like I said, I know we have to stand firm on things. We have to stand firm. But, but remember that we're for people, that we love people. You know, th that's what it's for. This, that's what this is all about. It's people because they're the souls. You know, the, it's like the old saying goes, you can't take anything into heaven except people. You know, you, you, could, you, could, you could have like, five houses, six cars, um, you know, all the nicest clothes in the world. You can't take any of it with you, but you could take people. And so that's what you, that's what we need to invest in as Christians, invest in people. And you know, I, I people are different. You know, I remember, um, I had a friend, she got saved, but it took a long time. It took many nights, me sitting up with her, trying to explain things. She just, she didn't get it. You know, she was like, I don't, I don't like this. You know, this, my mom said this and I don't believe this. And it was like, it was hard, you know, um, but she eventually did get saved. And I had another friend I brought to church one time and she ran to the altar the first time, you know, people are different, but what, you know, so sometimes there's an investment that takes place where it's, you know, it takes a little bit longer, but we don't ever give up on them. And maybe this is a word for, for people who are listening today, that maybe there's someone in your family who you've been working on for a long time and praying for and believing for, you know, just don't, don't ever give up on them. There, there's a soul in there that needs to be saved. Don't ever give up on them. You know, you don't, you don't, um, you don't like throw it at them or push, you know, you know, sometimes you just, you plant the seed and you allow God to water it. Um, exactly, Loretta, keep planting seeds. You know, so don't, don't give up on people because that, that's, that's all that this is for. You know, Jesus, when I, when I read those scriptures about his ministry, you know, he had come, what did it say in one of those verses? He had compassion on them. So there needs to be a compassion there. Now there's a lot of people, you know, there's, you also have to understand there's, there's a difference between sinners and wicked people. There are, there are people assigned on this earth uh, um, to do bad things. And I want them to get saved too. But, you know, you have to, there is a difference. There are people, it's almost like um, there are the people hooked on drugs and, and, and then there are the people that sell the drugs, you know, and, and the people hooked on drugs, they're lost, they need help. And the people selling the drugs need to be saved too, but, you know, <laughs> anyways. Um, so the salvation of our souls. Number two, the forgiveness of sin. Acts 2, 38 and 39. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And we love you for being different, Steph. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. There is a forgiveness that happens when you repent in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like I, like I talked about before, that your sins are thrown into the depths of the sea, never to be heard from again. 
you know, people, people end up, you know, the devil wants you to feel guilty. You know, I know, I know, I've known people who were, who got saved and they're like, man, but my life is, I've done so many bad things. Yeah, you've done so many bad things, but now that you've repented in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. They're not counted against you anymore. You know, and that, and that's the, the, the love and the mercy of God that we should be suffering for that. But instead Jesus took our place and suffered on the cross. And so now, and, and, and our sins were taken on his shoulders. So we're no longer accountable for those things. And we've been forgiven and set free. And there's a freedom that comes uh, in, 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 in the preaching of the gospel and saying, hey, you're not bound to that anymore. That was you. But now you take on the new nature of Christ. That you've put off your sinful nature and you've taken on a new nature. Number two, the forgiveness of sin. Number three, healing. Healing. And this is probably one of the best scriptures in talking about healing i mean I, 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 there's so many great ones but this one it it blows me away every time i read it healing acts 10 starting at verse 34 so peter opened his mouth and said peter <laughs> you gotta love peter before he was baptized with the holy spirit every time he opened his mouth he got rebuked <laughs> he said like one good thing <laughs> the whole time <laughs> that he was walking with Jesus and then he gets filled with the spirit and suddenly it's this different version of Peter and I actually have a, a sermon that I preached about that once and I've been I've been meaning to do it but I always get other ideas instead but at some point I will because it's just remarkable to see um, what the infilling of the Holy Spirit did to someone like Peter he couldn't even he couldn't even confess Christ to a little girl in a campfire and now he's opening his mouth and declaring the good news of the kingdom through Christ. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. God doesn't have favorites, you know, God doesn't, he doesn't pick and choose. Not like, hmm, who am I going to bless today? Well, you know, they have a nice haircut. Oh, you know, but I like their car. Um, you know, I'm just going to put a bunch of names in a hat and whoever I get, that's, no, that's not how it works. You make, you have a choice to make. If you choose to serve God, to fear him and to do what is right, you'll be blessed by him. That's how it works. He doesn't pick and choose anyone in any nation. So any, anyone who would argue, well, you know, God's racist because, you know, he told the Jews to only marry each other. That had to do with purity. You have to understand something. You have to, you have to read the Bible. It's almost so simple. It's, it, you know, the Jews were set apart because there were pagan nations who were sinful. And God didn't want his people mixing with sinful people. It's so simple. I don't know how it always gets so complicated. I really don't know. And one thing I'll never know is how the Bible, that it, it, it's so simple and clear, manages to get so complicated and cause so much problems. I don't know. Anyways, let's keep reading. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news. There's that, that term, good news again. Good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. 
you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed, listen, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. The ministry of Christ, he went around doing good and healing all, preaching the good news of the kingdom. Yeah, that's a good point, Mary Ellen. They, they, yeah, because, you know, I think everyone's trying to be like, um, <laughs> I guess they want to have like this super deep, oh, I have a really deep understanding of this stuff. And then they end up being maybe too smart for their own good sometimes. I, I really believe that, that that's often the case. You know, I knew... Um, Really, Sheba? I didn't know that. There you go. Because uh, purity was... Anyways, I'm not going to continue on that, but but it, it is important to keep in mind. Purity is very important um, to God. Um, so Jesus, he, he, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power to do good and heal all. It's not like it was like, well, you know, now your sins are forgiven and okay, that's it. See you, man. No, he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. Uh, I, 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 I'm running out of time already. Okay, let's go. There's three more points. Number four, prosperity. <laughs> Everybody's favorite thing. Second Corinthians eight, verse nine. This is important. And I would read the whole chapter if I had time. But that entire chapter talks about money. So if people are going to say, well, you know, it's talking about being spiritually rich. No, because the whole chapter talks about money. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I would say... Oh, this is another message all, all in of itself. Um, that pros you know, the prosperity gospel, they, they, they call it. I don't know where that name comes from because prosperity is all wrapped up into it. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? That if whatever you give up in this life, you'll receive a hundredfold now in this life and in the life to come. That's what Jesus said. Again, I'm going to go with what Jesus says rather than what you know, people with Facebook pages say, because that, that's what ends up happening. You know, I was, I, I saw somebody post something on Facebook and I made the huge mistake of looking further into it. And oh my goodness. I mean, people, <laughs> sometimes social media ends up being a platform for people just to spew all kinds of stuff. And I don't even know where they get it from. Stick to the word. It's clear. All through the old Testament, God prospered his people. And through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, through his poverty, we might become rich. And that whole passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, is talking about money. Anyways, that, again, that's another message for, that's another entire message. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next point. But that is something, I mean, it's, it's talked about, but you know what, it's talked about, um, Maybe, 
Maybe I should do a message on that. We'll see. I have like so many things. I have like a, a, a line of all the things that I want to talk about. Um, prosper and be in health. That's the scripture. Oh, that you would prosper and be in good health. The two pillars that people hate, which I don't know why. They just, they, they prefer suffering, I guess. Anyways, number five. Could be Janice. That's a good question. Um, yeah, Sheba, further, um, give us some more details on that because I'm curious. Number five, freedom from oppression. This one, this is key. This is a key scripture. Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. There it is again. First God. Um, anointed Jesus um, with the Holy Spirit and power to heal. And then it says here, he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. In Jesus coming, he set us free from all the oppression of the enemy. And you know, that's why he, he said it himself. You know, uh, come to me, all who are, are heavy and weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That there's a weight that comes on you just from living in the world. That weighs you down, that burdens you. But Jesus came to set you free from all the oppression of the enemy. That the captives will be released. That the blind will see. It didn't stop after he said, bring good news to the poor. Okay, that's it. See ya. No. Proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. This is the good news that we preach. It's a disservice, a disservice to not preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And number six, the promise of eternal life. 1 John 2.24 let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. You, your salvation is not something, I think I've, I, I, I'm pretty sure I talked about this already. You could forfeit your salvation, but it can't be taken from you. It's not something you go walk around, whoops, where'd my salvation go? You could forfeit it through sin and wrong living. You could forfeit your salvation, but it can't be taken, to you. That, taken from you. That promise of eternal life is a promise set in stone. It cannot be changed. And so what, 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 when we preach the gospel, what is an, a huge important thing that we say the promise of eternal life. That's why we say, you know, if you, if you were to die today, do you know where you would spend your eternal life? Well, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to wonder anymore because there is a promise of eternal life that comes on those who are saved through faith in Christ Jesus. And that's the prayer that I'm going to pray today as I close. Because um, that promise of eternal life, that's something that's secure. That's something that, like I said, you don't have to worry. Well, I, I just lost. I woke up today and my salvation was gone. No, that's not how it works. There is a promise of eternal life 
that exists through salvation, through faith in Christ Jesus. That is the full counsel of the gospel. And we have a responsibility to teach and to preach the full counsel of God's word. Every single thing. You don't leave stuff out. Maybe because you don't like it. Too bad. It's not your decision. God wrote his word. He inspired people. He inspired the people who, who, who put those, those words down. If you don't like it. If your denomination doesn't like it. I don't know what to tell you. But you don't, we don't get to decide. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer. Because I don't know who's listening. There's 29, 30 people. It goes up and down. And I don't know who's going to listen later on the podcast. I don't know if, if everyone's saved. That's why you, we, we ask every single time. Because this is the, the most important decision you'll ever make. It's more important than, than who you're going to marry, though that is important. It's more, more important than the job you take. That's important too. But all of that doesn't matter. If you're not right with Christ, if you haven't come to a, a point in your life where you've made a decision, I repented and believed in Jesus and received salvation. So if that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer and you could repeat it out loud. If you miss it, you can go back and listen again. This is going to be on my podcast. Um, if you don't know, if you've never, if you've never had a point in your life where you received salvation or you'd once did and you've since fallen away now's your chance i don't know um how much longer we're gonna be here some people some people think it, it, it's right at the door you know some people say that you know jesus is is is, is standing now uh, at the right hand he's not sitting he's standing at the right hand of the father being like well, you you give me the green light i'm i'm getting i'm i'm taking them and I want you, every single one of you, to be among those who are taken when Jesus comes back to gather his church in the air, to hear that trumpet sound. And we go to meet him. Like that old hymn, the, the meeting in the air. I'm not going to sing it, but it's a great one. That's what, that's what this is all about. So pray this prayer. Father, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sins, to take my place. I repent of all of my sin and wrongdoing. And I believe that Christ raised from the dead to set me free. So now I repent and believe that I will be saved. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean in your blood. Now I am yours forever. Thank you for the promise of eternal life. Thank you that I am saved. Thank you that I believe and have faith in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed to receive salvation, welcome to the family of God. And every single angel is having a party for every soul who, who would receive Christ as the Lord and Savior of, of their life. Just like that scripture said in, in Acts. He is Lord of all. I'm going to pray another prayer for everybody who's watching, who, who already is saved. Because I believe, I believe this is going to be, um, I believe this is, I don't know, I just feel like, I, I believe it's going to be a great week. I believe that we're going to hear good news. I, I, good things are happening. 
Hey, Sister Lena. Wonderful to see you. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel the joy of the Lord inside me. But that, that's what, that's what the scripture says. Joy inexpressible. Joy inexpressible. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for these that are watching. I thank you for their faith, for their hunger to take time on a Monday night, on a nice day, just to sit and listen to the teaching of your word. Father, I pray that any area of concern, that they would look to you, that just like your word says, that Jesus came to release the captives, to, to bring freedom to the oppressed, to bring healing, to bring joy, to bring reconciliation, to bring sanctification, to bring the washing away of our sins. Father, I pray that they would look to you and you alone and know that through Christ, they have everything they need. Father, I thank you for them. I thank you that this is going to be a week of testimonies, more testimonies coming in of the good things that you have done, that through those testimonies that your name will be glorified. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.